Welcome back to the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast here on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and YouTube. Today I have a very, very special edition for you guys. This one is an interview that I had so much fun recording, so much fun being with the artist, and it is, of course, with Toby Lou. Toby Lou has released multiple projects this year, has his upcoming album. That's going to be due out pretty soon next year. He talks about that in this interview and much more. Also, quick announcement. If you're not on YouTube, I recommend going over there and watching the interview on YouTube because... On YouTube, you get the in-person, face-to-face. I sat, was able to sit down with him after his most late, after one of his recent shows here in Philadelphia. So I recommend going over on YouTube if you're not there already. Also, quick update: we have a sponsor on the show now. The Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast is now sponsored by Believe the Hype which is a new company selling the latest sneakers straight to you guys. They get the most hyped drops and sell it straight back to you guys. So go visit them, uh, Believe Hype 2018 on Instagram and Twitter. Also check out their latest projects and their s- latest um, posts, excuse me, latest products and all of that down in the description. I have the links to all that. But now it's time for my interview with Toby Lou. Again, big thank you for him to doing this interview. If you're not on YouTube, go over there and check it out on that platform because it's just so much better with the video element. So just how has your tour been so far? Tour's been great. Like, uh, there's, I feel like I didn't know what to expect going on tour for so long. Like, it's almost like unimaginable to me. Like, oh my gosh, like, I, I went on a tour with Tunji Ige and Michael Christmas okay. uh, two years ago. And that was just two weeks, ten days, ten dates. And um, that felt like forever. So uh, this tour, before it started, I was just like, wow, when's, you know, this is gonna feel like you know, forever too. Like you know, way crazier. But it's been fun. It's just felt like my life. Like I, it's like it's almost like I haven't had a life before it. I don't want, know what my life is gonna be after. It's just like tour. That's yeah, all I know now. Just traveling, sleeping, performing, meeting fans, which is the best part of it. Um, yeah. So it's it's been great though. One word, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've that meant the meeting fans things. Like it must be a huge thing. I mean, I heard yeah. I was talking to Mark earlier today, and he mentioned how. You know, seeing fans on tour is so great. Every musician loves that. This being your longest tour, what's that feeling like to see all these people out there listening to your music? It's it's actually great. Like I actually go, hmm, I actually go out of my way to make sure I can meet as many people as I can because that's almost it's the driving force of why like you do this. You like you really because you know most of the time, most of the year, I'm pretty much just like in my room making music or shooting a video and then I'll do these spot performances and stuff like that but like to go out every night perform and then have a chance to meet just a whole bunch of people who are, are really into what you do and even new fans like a lot a lot of the times you know I'll meet people and say hey I haven't heard of you before tonight but you, you just earned a new fan and, and that's also amazing too but it, it's just it's really why we do this like they're the reasons why like you know things work why I'm able to like provide for myself off this and why why I just keep going, you know, every day and like, you know, feel like, okay, I have to do this not only for me now, but for everyone else who like needs it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, like being the opener, like, you know, it's an opportunity for new people to hear that music mm-hmm. and make the connection that like, maybe, oh, I haven't heard of Toby. Like, I've, I've never really heard of m- much of you. I heard maybe a song or here. And then I saw you were coming on tour with Kyle. And I was like, oh, let me check into this guy's discography. And 
was amazed at what I found, yeah, and like, like it's that opportunity man. to yeah, see that. Yeah, it's definitely like, I mean, I used to, in baseball. I used to be a, a leadoff hitter, like most of my most of the time, I was in the leadoff position. So I'm used to like kicking off things or like being the spark or you know finding a way to just you know make sure that the night starts off right. You know, get yeah. the energy right. And it's to me, it's it's the easiest thing. You know, it's just like. You know, you get up there, people are waiting for a show anyway, so it's like, oh, you, you guys are waiting for this shit to start, so let me just kick it off, you know, so, yeah, it's cool, I like opening. Yeah, I know for myself, I mean, I, there's definitely been many times where I've listened to an opener before a show and gotten way too hyped to the opener, uh, yeah. you know, way, way before, yeah. not have enough energy. Uh, you mentioned there being a leadoff hitter, that's something I wanted to touch on, I, I heard, I know you were in an independent baseball league, yeah. living, moving different places, can you tell me a little bit about that and what you learned with that experience? Yeah, so, I, I went to, uh, I was in the Frontier League, um, first in, in Joliet, Illinois, which is like right outside of Chicago, like 23 minutes uh, in the suburbs, south south suburbs of Chicago. And um, that was cool. I, you know, I was it was first time getting paid to play a baseball. So it was like, it was nothing. It was getting paid $600 a month, but it was like, hey, um, I'm not in the MLB, but like this is a start and hopefully I can make it to it from there. Um, I ended up getting like, my contract got like moved down or traded to like um, another league in New Mexico and that's where I finished off playing baseball and I was like sleeping in a room and then like a long tented room with like 20 bunk beds and it was just like like damn like the lengths I go to do this you know but it taught me a lot about just you know working hard for what you want like I'm the type where it's like yo I'm willing to struggle for what I want and whether it was baseball at first or, you know, after baseball, going into music. Like, yeah, I had to struggle. I had to, like, drive Uber for three years and, and make music and figure out a way to get myself out there and figure out a way to establish my identity. But all of that, like, being in those situations with baseball just helped me, like, I, I was able just to transfer that work ethic from, like, okay, practicing, going to the gym just to, like, getting better at music making it every day and you know just working hard so exactly yeah yeah i mean i'm a, I'm a huge sports fan so when i heard that you were in a baseball league i was yeah. getting yeah, get really pumped and I'm, i know minor league baseball is not the most luxurious no living especially, in especially when you're an independent like we were like equivalent to like class a baseball so yeah like, right when you get in this this single a double a triple a um, and rookie, the rookie ball, which is a little bit lower, but yeah. we were like equivalent to like single A baseball. So it was good talent. A lot of people had came from major league rosters and were, you know, a lot of players were in the systems of teams. So, um, yeah, but it's definitely not glamorous <laughs> at, at anything, but yeah. Um, one thing you mentioned there was your work ethic and you're talking about Ubering in order to make music, all your, all that work ethic in baseball. I saw a quote from you in one interview that I, I really stuck out to me where you said that you, you're continually developing your sound and that you're not even sure if you've reached your mm-hmm. final sound yet. And that's something for me as a, as a fan of music that I really like to hear from an artist yeah. because you're constantly evolving. Just can you tell me a little bit about like when you when it comes to music and finding your sound, what's that process like for you? Well, it's a... Before, when I was I started releasing music, like releasing, releasing music, like... Uh, I, you know, I had a song called Game Over, which was like my biggest song. And I didn't know what it, what that song was until I actually went out and performed it. So it was like two years ago when I was on tour with Tune G and Michael Christmas, I started realizing what my music was in a live setting. So I saw that, you know, 
I have a lot of energy for my performances and I have a lot of like like excitement and and I need to get the crowd excited I, I love getting the crowd excited and we feed off each other and I realized a lot of my music was like not that so it's like bouncing back from live performances and shows then going back to the studio and being like okay let me start making stuff and figuring out ways to like make it so like my show can be as like as, as exciting as I want it to be when people don't know your stuff that's yeah. what it is when people don't know you it's like you have to go up there and like you know you have to connect with them and a lot of times it's like the slower stuff and it just doesn't hit with them you know they're, they they want to have go up and like turn up and have fun so in that that's how I've been finding my sound like balancing it out from like the singy songy stuff and finding ways to you know invoke energy in it and turn up and even you know with my recent my my latest project like rapping like which is what I started doing and then you know um that's what I know really rap and then I just kind of transferred rap into melodies and started singing so I feel like in all this like back and forth from live shows to like my bedroom it's just like I'm continually finding what I like in my sound and what I want to change and making it so one day I can just really be like the sound that you know of my music is like just really stadium I, I, I want to go big I want to be big so it's like continually working my way up to like what does the crowd respond to what do they feed off of like how I can like invoke some lyricism and you know some call and response so it's just like a continual thing where I I don't think I think I'm like halfway there Okay. I do think I'm halfway there. But you always want to grow as an artist anyway, so. Exactly. You never yeah. want to be stuck in that one spot. Definitely. So just touch, I want to touch on some of your uh, your new music. Mm-hmm. One of your latest singles, Orange. I uh, dropped that a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that track? It's so interesting. When people refer to it as like single, you know, or like, you know, my latest. It, I really just made it because I wanted to open up about more about me. And like what I just genuinely like and what I don't like and like who I am, like being from Chicago. And I and I actually had like thought to make it because when I was going to do Colors in Berlin, they were like, we would like you to do a new song. So I was like, okay, let me make a new song anyway. So I just made it for something I could perform live in Berlin. But, you know, it's like, it's cool how it's turned to something that people really like. And like, you know, I've been like, oh, wow, you like Orange? Like, I'll see people... I just didn't think people would like because it's so different from all my music. Yeah. Meaning that uh, it's still me, but like, I don't have not one song that doesn't have a drum. I'm like very like yo, my shit's got slap. Mm-hmm. So like Orange is just like you know just me and the keys like just you know, almost like a po- deaf poetry jam or some shit. But um, yeah, it's just me being me and just like explaining to the people, the fans, and like who Toby Lou is and where he's from and like he likes pizza and, and like Giordano's and the shit that makes me mad and like just I feel like it's very relatable that's, that's a lot yeah. of my music is just like you hear shit and you can relate to it and be like oh, okay like I feel them on that like you yeah. know type stuff so yeah and it's funny you mentioned the relatable I mean one of my notes right here is saying I like the Cushion OJ reference in yeah, that song yeah, yeah, yeah. so like it's yeah. already for me like I'm listening to him like picking different parts of like oh yo he's just like me like that yeah like Cushion I mean I was actually happy that I was able to sneak that in sing that in because like I do say reference channel orange and it's like um, um, my favorite color is channel orange and that's like a reference people would know and like be like yeah you know Frank Ocean he's a legend he's one of my favorites but like I think a lot of people forget that Wiz Khalifa released like Cushion OJ which is also like 
when I talk about those projects that, or when I think of those projects that like change the game, like House of Balloons, um, Acid Rap, um, So Far Gone, um, Cushion OJ, I would like leave those up there as mm-hmm. like one of those like projects that like, damn, when you heard that, everyone was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Like it was just like a new feeling. You know, when mm-hmm. people give new feelings in music, that's what I think is very important. So, like, of course, OJ being orange, I was able to like, sneak that in there but yeah a lot of people forget that Wiz like he's one of those people that grinded his way and on his grind you know it wasn't his first project but damn when he released it you know it changed things I mean I, you mentioned there was a crazy mixtape run I mean you go back and listen to all those tapes yeah. that was that was a crazy deal time or no deal music. was also one of my favorite uh, Wiz Khalifa tapes too mm-hmm. like right before Christian OJ but yeah all those like that time was such a good time and like where it seemed like shit was really changing when people when when like it's what made like the mixtape be the albums because you had so far gone you had like acid rap and you had all these like crazy mixtapes where it's like damn these sound better than all all these albums that came out this year so um yeah it's such an important time and like that's i'm hoping to add to that like list when i release my um debut album I have to call it an album now but yes really would be like my debut mixtape album which is going to be called Cold Classic okay Cold Classic sweet um, I want to talk about some other projects you dropped this year um, you, you dropped a couple EPs yeah one three. of them yeah one of them to- Toby Lou and the Juice uh, what was the process like recording that one that was neat. the process was crazy because it was like I only, I only planned on dropping uh, one EP and then the album, but then once we got the response for the first EP, it was like, yo, like, why drop the album? Let's keep, like, you know, let's drop another EP. And then so we dropped the second one, and I was like, okay, I did it. Dropped two EPs, now it's time to work on the album. Like, then I was just like, yo. Which is like, and when I, every time I say yo, it's my manager, Derek, saying, yo, okay, yeah. yo, I know you want to drop the album, but what if we drop one more EP? So that's what the token on the juice was, and... It was crazy because I scrambled to kind of get shit together, but I also was kind of feeling free. Like, yo, if anyone says they want my old shit, they got they can go back to February when I released Toby Lou and the Moon, or they can go back to April when I released Toby Lou and the uh, Loop. So I felt freer to be like, you know, what? I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want. I'm gonna rap. I'm gonna I'm gonna show them like you know all the the levels of my music, so I can like start being like, yo, I can do a lot. Like don't just peg me for this singy-songy guy. Like, you know, I can spit when I need to spit. Um, I can get off these bars. And that's what it felt like. I felt like juiced up, like literally like, okay, like, you know, I was having a good year. I was feeling, you know, felt like I was two for two. You know, you know, I was coming yeah, in baseball. Like you start a game off, you get your first hit, you're two for two. Like, you know, you're in the on-deck circle. You're just like, you're relaxed, you're confident. And, you know, you're third at bat you know you're, everything's just like come on like what, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do to get me out cause you know you feel hot so that's what the juice was along with again giving people more of me opening up a little bit more you know letting people know like you know I'm from Chicago like um this is some shit I you know this is some shit we're about this is some shit I went through but like just kinda building that story so that's what the juice was and I, I still got one more coming called Toby Lou Live on Ice gotcha so you yeah, got, you got yeah, a lot of these yeah it's coming off uh, after tour so I'm not stopping. This is a year of like just keep going, get people the pieces of who you are, and like get them ready for like what you 
you know, want to become, what you want to be, what your potential. Just get them ready for, like, you know, that first, you know, mixtape. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Definitely. I mean, I'm, I think about, like, music, like, today and streaming, and, like, the streaming kind of era yes. and everything. It's, like, about, I feel like sometimes it's about how much can you drop. And I feel like yeah. you, you do do a good job of on your EPs where it's, like, they're not, you know, That's 10 songs and, like, 11 yeah. songs. It's, like... Rather than go for that quantity, I feel like you do a solid job of dropping three songs here, four songs yeah. there, and maintaining that quality throughout. I have a lot of people say, like, man, Toby doesn't have one bad song. And I'll be like, well, first off, this I have a whole lot of bad songs. They're just sitting in my iTunes library. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just trying not to release them. But, yeah, like, because I do, ha- I was going to say, I do hate oversaturation. But let me, like, already go back on that. Brockhampton last year in 2017, what they did was so amazing with their run oh of uh, Saturation EP, or, uh, albums that it was beautiful. It gave us, like, of course, there's a lot more of them. So they were able to do the full, you know, mm-hmm. and where it wouldn't feel like they were, like, doing too much. But I realized that you can hit these people over the head if you're hitting them over the head with good music. Exactly. Like, so I was like, okay, you got good music. You're not going to release, like, three, ten-song albums, but, like, let's give them these pieces and let's, you know, you're a visual artist. I'm a visual artist. Like, a lot of times people won't get me until they see a visual and be like, this kid's weird or this shit's like, what is going on? But, like, they'll be like, okay, it's something new. It's something different. But, like, yeah, giving, like, the people, because everyone's attention span is so short these days that we definitely have to give them a lot more and a lot more often than Mm -hmm. usual but as long as you're not giving them too much it's like you're just you're feeding them just like just the right amount of doses which is what i'm trying to do just always just be like all right here's like three here's four the juice was like seven i think it was was like yeah it was seven it was like okay can y'all handle that okay cool um i don't know how long live on ice is gonna be but yeah just like kind of just fitting you know getting people like to be like yeah yeah here we go here's our here's our fix for now exactly. yeah so um you mentioned that your visuals you have a really cool visual kind of concept Thank with you. all your cartoons and everything i was going back looking you know even some of your first singles on mm-hmm. itunes and everything have that visual attached yeah. and it's such a common thread throughout all of your music and everything you do and i feel like it's such a strong part of your persona can you take me a little bit into that whole idea behind those cartoons i first off I love cartoons like I still watch them today I used to feel like when I was playing baseball I would have weird hours during the off season so I would stay up all night wake up at like 4 or 5 p.m. and like be eating breakfast watching Spongebob when like my dad would come home and I would just be like nervous to be like yo because I still live at my parents house and I would like quickly like you know flip the flip the can or the TV channel to like sports or news or to be like okay I don't want him thinking like his son's a bum like just like you know eating breakfast and watching cartoons like what's he doing in his life but like cartoons are something I just love and I've always wanted to have my own show and just have that world where anything could happen out there and also like Kanye was a big uh, inspiration behind like having like he, he was able to have the bear stand for him and also be like very like uh, visual himself so it's like he had this cartoon where you see him like that's Kanye and then his face was still like you knew what Kanye was it wasn't like 
he was hiding behind something. He wasn't like, I don't want to call the gorillas hiding behind it, but like, it, he wasn't like, you know, using the cartoon just as, in place of him. Exactly. So that's what I tried to do, is just like, have it where you know, damn, that's a little Lou, that's like, you know, the little cartoon guy. But then also like, so you see me and you know, okay, that's Toby Lou, he's got the buns and stars on his face and shit. So, yeah, it's like, that's just the world I, I really love. And, you know, there was a time when shit in my life was way too serious so I didn't want to like turn on the TV and watch more people going through fucking real people going through like these fake dramas and shit I wanted you know something that like gave me like just this like forget everything feeling and that's what cartoons do you're just watching shit that's you know you can't really get in the real world so yeah. exactly I mean like it's nice to know that you still watch cartoons because I there, I will admit it if there's a, if it's a Sunday morning I'm flipping through the channels yeah. and Spongebob's on you know I'm not skipping yeah. that exactly Definitely. But you brought up Kanye West there and just his idea of thinking of having the cartoon. Another thing he did really well was just have like that whole kind of aesthetic change and like kind of you always knew what he he was very good at branding, I felt yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, branding's important. And I feel and that's another thing I feel like rubs off on you, like you said with the buns and the stars and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, and it's like with Kanye, even though he came in like, you know, with the pink polos and all this different stuff, which was like harder, which was like a lot easier. Which was, which back then even was still like tough to like get to break through. But he, oh, yeah. you know, was if you think about it in context of today, like of course, like a pink polo is cool as fuck. You yeah. know, it's nothing. A lot of what I'm doing is like, you can't, I can't expect people to like copy my buns. You know, I yeah. can't. Is but I'm just promoting the do what the fuck you want aspect of it. Like you don't have to copy me. Like this is what I do. Like yeah. this is like you know. I mean, glitter swords, like, this is all, like, shit I do and I love, but I'm promoting that, like, do what you like. Be confident in what you like. If you like it, like, fuck everyone. And that's, like, when Kanye was rocking the pink polos and, you know, all this shit, he was doing what he liked. And even though it was more, like, easily to, like, replicate so people can be like, damn, I'm gonna just dress just like him. Like, that's cool, but at the at the core of it he was doing what he liked. So I'm a little bit more out there but it's like, yo, I'm doing what I like. I'm not trying to follow anybody. It's just like, yo, be comfortable in what you're you know, what you're doing. And that's where, you know, that's where my branding comes from. I'm just like it's just a bunch of me doing what I like so I don't have to act. If I hate the the idea of having to like, you know, there's so much of yourself that you have to give to the world as an artist that if you have to dress up and act every day. Oh, it'd be tough. Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. So I, I've really been about just trying to give as much as my real self as I can, which is just like, all right. So when I'm out here in the real world, it's just like, and you see me, it's just like, oh, okay. Like, I don't have to act. I'm just like, yo, this, I'm, hey, it's, I, I always introduce myself to people as Toby. I'm just like, I've, I've always just been Toby. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm Toby Lou, but like, it's just Toby, just so you know, like, because when you introduce yourself to me, you're not going to be like, yo, I'm da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just, you know. I'm Jackson, I'm not Jackson Neal. Yeah, man. even though that's a fire name. Like, oh, but thanks, it's just sir. like, you know, I just want to be as personable and down-to-earth as I can because, honestly, that's that's just what I am and that's what people need. And there's too much shit where, like, stars and, like, people who are famous are just, like... I don't know. They they just think they're living at a different like level, but everyone's feet's touching the same ground. So I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's up. It's up being original, but not having it be an act. It's being original by being yourself, kind of yeah. thing. And I think I, I would say that 
you know, you do a very good job of that. Thank the, you. The nothing feels acted to me. Yeah, it all feels yeah. very organic and very, just like you, like you. Thank you. So you mentioned you have this album coming out, Cult Classic. Just can you take me into a little bit about like what's it been like leading up to that? You said you have another EP coming, but you obviously have your mind on that project. Yeah, it's been frantic because uh, whereas in the beginning of the year, it's just like I'm always plodding on Cult Classic, like, ooh, yeah, I'm saving this for Cult Classic. Um, I had a song called Buff Baby that was supposed to be just for Cult Classic. Ended up putting it on the loop just because it's just like, yo, you know, it's I have to let some tracks out. I have to like, I can't just think, I can't just think about this one project that I may never get to. I could die tomorrow, you know. Exactly. So it's like, I I have to, I've had to kind of like not think about it and just be like, okay, let's think about what's actually next. Stop saving shit. Stop, stop being worried that you won't be able to make something dope. You know what I'm saying? And I, when I stopped worrying about that. I start starting letting shit go, and then when it was time, I started making more shit. It was, you know, because um, I just want everything to be dope. So it's just like, yeah. So the process for Coke Classic, Classic has kind of stopped. I have a song that people really want called Numbers that I I tell people like the reason why it's not out because like that's the only song I'm saving like for Coke Classic because it just has its its own like little legend to it because ever since I previewed it, people wanted it. And I've just been like, okay, this is the one thing I can like say for Cold Classic. But other than that, it's like, I you know, I'm kind of just waiting until I'm done with this last EP, final EP of this year, and then I can like fully turn my attention to like what Cold Classic is. And just yeah, just put your full attention on that, not have to worry about yeah. being, about this. It needs to be done by this date. I yeah, need to have yeah. this many good songs. Because you it. need you need freedom. Artists need freedom in order to like create their best. And a lot of this year, just because I'm trying to hit these like deadlines it's like I don't have a lot of freedom like I'll figure out what ideas I like and I'll just kind of go for them but like I haven't there hasn't been much like let me wake up and see what the fuck I can create yeah and when I do that that's like when I'm at my most happiest and stuff so that's what Cold Classic will be it'll be a lot more of like damn like you know you'll, you'll hear the difference because like it'll just be less like you know I don't know it'll just be like more f- freedom more free and more like okay this is definitely an album i mean you, you said earlier that you like you, know, you you at first made music by yourself i don't know if you still you know still do that yeah. but i mean being on tour you don't have much time by yourself yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. it's just like such a frantic process so being able to have that time to sit down and be like okay these are my thoughts now's my time to get it down on a track yeah yeah that's and that's what it's gonna be yeah you know a lot more a lot more smoking in the morning and like you know just getting really adventurous for the day and you know um yeah so i can't wait for that having some kush with oj are you yeah, excited some, some, some literal kush with oj excited for the rest of this tour yeah like i'm i mean with boston I, i've had fun in boston two years ago they just won the world series so be crazy it's gonna be crazy um new york's gonna be a crazy show it's gonna be a lot of people there so I feel like once I get over the New York, it's gonna be a really hype show. I'll be able to like, kind of like, enjoy the rest of the tour, mm-hmm. and like just you know. But yeah, I mean I'm enjoying myself so far, but just like really like, you know, there's pressures you feel sometimes. So there's the New York show, then we have the LA show at the end. So those two big markets are gonna feel. I already did the Chicago show, so got that one out the way. But yeah, I'm I'm excited just to keep meeting people, and, you know. Exactly. Well, I'm certainly glad to hear in Philly got to have some cheesesteaks in your time. Yeah, because, man. man, that's that's, out, that's number one. Shout out Max's, man. Shout out Max's. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, Jackson.
Again, a big thank you to Toby for coming onto the podcast. Remember, check out all of his latest music. I think he's still on tour. Go out and check out some of his tour dates. Uh, if you had not seen him live already, or even if you have, you know just how good of a live show he is. He is really, really awesome. With that, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast. Remember, check out the sponsor, Believe the Hype, selling the latest sneakers. Their Instagram and Twitter, at BelieveHype2018. Links to that as well as their store down below where they have the latest sneakers selling them straight to you guys. Also, remember to check out the Jackson Neal Sports and Music Podcast in the same feed as this one, so it's pretty easy for you to uh, check the, those out. Those are updated throughout the week where I interview sports and music writers uh, talking about the latest things happening in those two worlds. Also, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at JacksonNeal20. Links down below uh, to find out all the latest, my latest podcasts, thoughts I'm feeling, as well as a little exclusive sneak peeks and upcoming interviews because, trust me, I, do, I try to post plenty of those. A big thank you for listening, and I'll see you all next time.